You are playing this ahead? That's a body weight. Yeah, he doesn't see it from here. You got a man's body lying face downwards? That's it, all right. Hmm. He's dead, all right. It's him. That's he. Well, it's plain the killer wasn't taking any chances on his victim living to tell the tale. His pockets have been pulled out and rifled. Robbery might have been the motive. Yeah. Was your brother-in-law in the habit of throwing much money around with him, Mike? Yes, sir. He always had quite a bit of money in his bill for it. The officers go back to town. An intensive search is begun for the murderer. Two days after the finding of the body, Sheriff McCullough and W.A.C. Daly discussed the case in the sheriff's office. And it looks as if we're up against a more difficult job than you'd figured on, Daly. Yeah. Trying to pull information out of that beach colony is like trying to pull a mule away from a hayrack. Have you been able to find out anything at all? Oh, nothing much. All my inquiries down there have come up against a brick wall. Either they claim ignorance of the whole business or they meet you with a stony silence. Yes, I know. In the same way with me. I was able to pick up a few scraps of information about Pete Corsop, however. Well, that's something. What did you find out? Well, it seems for one thing that he was considered one of the most representative young men of the colony. Pretty well thought of one, I take it. Yeah. Well, another thing I found out from a banker that Corsop had recently sent $10,000 to Greece to be placed to his credit there. $10,000, huh? Then he was considerably better off than the modest appearance of his picture would lead you to think. Yeah. Well, in addition to that, he had accounts with several local institutions. Oh, he's well fixed, all right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if his wealth had anything to do with his being killed. Not else. I think I'll go over and have another talk with Pete's wife. Last time I was there, she broke the news of her husband's death, and she was too upset to be able to tell me much of anything. That's an idea, Daly. Go on over and talk with her. There's just an outside chance you might learn something we can use. Okay, sir. I'll be back later to tell you what I found out. <laughs> Mrs. Bocock had no more information to give. Months slipped by, and then one night, Sheriff McCullough and Deputy Daly dropped into a little group coffee house. They were talking to the wrinkled old woman who was serving. Uh, didn't Mrs. Bocock miss you in here pretty often? Yes, sometimes. Mrs. Bocock is still coming. Oh, is that so? But he never kept mine who said Mrs. Bocock, huh? No, I'm afraid not. <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing that anyone could have wanted to kill Pete. After all, he's a good, hard-working man who thought only of business. You think so? Maybe that's why he gets killed. Maybe he thinks too much. Excuse me. I've got to wait on the customer. What do you suppose he meant by that? You see, I don't know. Now let's get back up town. Yes. Well, let's talk to the old woman who got me puzzled. There was a world of meaning behind the way she said that. It's just me. Now, let's go to the home base we have to see. Isn't that so? Uh, Eliana broke up standing in the doorway? Yeah. What did he young fellow who's done beside her? Oh, same thing, I suppose. Oh, we might as well say hello to her. Oh, of course. Good evening, Mrs. Good evening. I thought perhaps you might have decided to fail for Greece, so who's found? Oh, no, I cannot go now. No? It would not be the same without people. And besides, uh, Joe here, Peter's brother, he's helping me with the truck. Oh, I see. Well, I wish you all the luck in the world. Well, thank you. Well, good night. Good night, Mr. Daly. Yeah, it seems that three months' time has made us a good idea. He's careful enough now, Daly. Yes, I noticed that. Uh, hmm, I wonder. Now, wait a minute, Daly. Well, what is it? 
Uh, they just went into the shop together. You can see her wearing the suit. The first suit here. Yes, you see a silhouette of her. If my hunch is correct, I know it, Haley. You see that? You can see both the silhouettes now. Well, oh, you're right, sir. Well, that's what the old woman meant when she said Peter talked too much about business. Yeah, it looks as if I first got the saving away his brother was stealing his wife. If that's the case, it may prove to be the motive we're looking for. At any event, it's worth looking into, and the sooner the better. Before Daly and Sheriff McCulloch and Hatch, however, they were called out of town in another case. And then at 2.30 in the morning, several days later, a barrage foreman in the group colony sees flames suddenly shoot up into the sky. A small frame house at the rear of the home base is on fire. But this is going to the alarm. Fire operators under the red machine cattle and the giant blunt is found to front. That's a good fast, Blunt. The frame house is burning like kindling. I'll work my way around to the north side of the street. The flames aren't so bad there, and I think I can force them empty. Well, come along, then. I'll go with you. Oh, this window's as good as any place, Chief. Well, I'll smash it in. Can you see anything? That's yet the room's full of smoke. Where do I climb in? Here. I'll give you a hand. <laughs> hey, there's something under the bed over there. Good Lord, it looks like a couple of kids. Get them, Blunt. Hurry. You can pass them out of the window to me. Yeah, two kids, all right, Chief. A boy and a girl. They're both unconscious. Suffocation from the smoke. All right, hold them out. Again. Let me see two and out for the full motor. Go on as quick as you can. Thank you. Right away, Chief. All right. Put your lips up, Blunt. I'm coming in there with you. Yeah. I think that door over there leads into another bedroom. The flames have already struck it. Yeah? Well, let's see if there's anybody in there. All right. Chief, look here. There's a man and woman stretched out of the bed. They did all right, but it wasn't a fire that killed them. Good Lord. Their heads are something. Yeah. This is a case of cold-blooded murder. People charge with I've got to report this to the sheriff's office.
This is terrible scene, isn't it? Yes, certainly is. But what is it you want to see me about? Well, I saw you and Mr. Bailey coming here, sir. I followed. I thought you might have some idea to kill my sister. I wish I did, Mike, but I'm afraid I don't. But now that you're here, you might be able to tell us a few things we want to know. Sure, if I can. Now, this fellow, Joe Procaster, when did he come to live at the bases? He wasn't here when Peter was murdered. No, he came just a few days after Peter killed. And he was given a room in the house? Sure. Didn't you think that was rather strange? No. Why should I? He was his brother, wasn't he? Yes, I, I suppose he was. Uh, now, Mike, I think perhaps you better leave it. Uh, Mr. Bailey and I have a lot of work to do. Uh, we'll let you know the minute we learn anything. Okay. And thanks a lot, sir. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not well, there's no sense in adding to his grief. That's true. You know, Sheriff, I'm certain this crime and Pete's murder are linked in some way. Do you think Eliana might have had Selenator with Mary? Someone who wanted her badly enough to kill Pete, and then when Joe entered the picture, gone completely possessed and murdered them both? More than a possibility. I've got a hunch I may be able to learn something from one of the neighbors. So while you're taking up here, I'm going to see what I can find out. Are you sure you didn't see anyone either enter or leave the place? No, I didn't. All I know is that I heard a series of screams about one o'clock this morning. In fact, there was a lot of working right out of my sleep. Well, what did you do after you heard the scream? Well, I jumped up and ran to the window. It was too dark to see anything, but they saw me as they came from the bakery. Mm-hmm. Uh, about how long have you known Eliana Prostop, Miss Theodore? Oh, I've known her for years. As a girl, she was the belle of the colony. She had those below us. Was there any particular favorite among these admirers? Well, yes. Eliana took quite a fancy to George Venus. But George was poor, and then uh, when Pete took out happened along, a steady young fellow with good prospects, her family insisted that she get up George and marry Pete. Uh-huh. And how did George use the Venus? How do you feel about that? Oh, oh, oh he took it like a man. In fact, he, uh, he attended the wedding, and, and later it was a frequent visitor to her house. That is, he wasn't here about a year ago when, when he moved to Morton. I see. Well, thank you, Miss Theodore, for your information. Okay. Disappointed that the exploding of his hun, Bailey rejoined Sheriff McCullough, and they returned to the latter's office. As they entered, a man who had been waiting there got up to greet them. Hey, Sheriff McCullough? Yes? Uh, my name is Perkins. I'm an attorney here in town. I just heard about the Pocop case and the Pico's. I think I can give you some information that might be of help. You can. We can certainly use it all. You see, Mrs. Pocop is a child of mine. Last September, about three months after her husband was killed, she brought a man to my office and explained that she used to lend him $300 against his cafe. Uh, she wanted me to draw up the note. Uh-huh. It looked like a routine matter, and I did, as she asked. But when the man had gone, she showed me a letter. She threatened me, and I had to give him the money, she told me. But it's the last time I'll do it. If he asks me again, I will refuse. Uh, what was the man's name, Mr. Perkins? Uh, George Venus. Venus? Yes. Well, you know, Hunt was a good one, after all, sir. Uh, did you see what the letter said, Mr. Perkins? No, it was written in Greek. But I told her to put it away carefully, explaining that it might be useful in case he made further trouble. And was there further trouble? Yes, I thought that was the end of it, but the day before Christmas, Venus came to my office again. Mr. Perkins, I need money. I need money very bad. I want you to phone Mrs. Prokop and tell her so. Tell her right away to send me $50. I'll do nothing of the sort, Mr. Venus. You've gotten all the money from Mrs. Prokop that you're going to get. Oh, yes, you will, Mr. Perkins. Take the telephone. 
I'll stay right here until you do. Oh, I'll call her since you insist. But I can tell you right now, it won't do any good. Just the same, you call. Uh, Miss Dean, get Mrs. Prokop on the phone for me. Mrs. Prokop, he will give me money. Wait and see. Now, very much better, Dean. Hello, Mrs. Prokop? Uh, George Dean is in my office and insists that I phone you. It seems he wants $50 right away. <laughs> yes, that's what I thought. Very well, Mrs. Prokop. Goodbye. She says she will not give you another cent, Dean. And furthermore, she says she doesn't want to ever see you again. She's got to give me that money. She's got it safe in the bank. Juliana, she would give me the money. But Joe, he got Juliana. I fix Joe. I fix Joe. He's still receiving his check to don't show when he walks to my office. And that is the last thing you saw? Yes, and mighty God, I was love it too. Any moment I expected to get a nice check in my head. Do you happen to have Judge Venus addressed, Mr. President? No. But it's more than likely to be contained in the letter that he spoke of to me. If she says this is I suggested and it hasn't been burned in the fire, it should still be in her heart. Word is immediately sent out to state for any letters that might have survived the fire in the Pocock home and luck raises the officer's hand. For police and the Captain Corps discover an undamaged packet of letters in the bottom of a badly scarred trunk. An interpreter is called in to translate a name that was signed to Venus name. The sponsor lays aside too, which is copied in English. Two of them, eh? The first one's just four, Billy. I read what it says. The date is September 1st, 1942. The address is Morton, Washington. Morton, eh? Yes, sir. Evidently, this is the letter Eliana showed to Mr. Perkins. Huh? What is it say? Mrs. Eliana and Joe, please, soon as you receive my letter, wire me $300 at once. If you don't send me the money, both you parties are going to be in jail. No joking about it. You know what you have been doing. I lay everything ready if you don't. You'll see me go dinner. Hmm. Now, what about the other letter, there? The second was addressed to Joe instead of Eliana. And its date line says it was written just a few days after Dennis' visit to Perkins. Well, go ahead, read it. says, uh, from Joe, learn as for help I am well. After all, I have phoned to you three times to send me $50, but in vain I phoned. As I have my store mortgage, you don't care to help me, for Eliana told me the restaurant can stay closed for a week, and I have lost seven days. In jail have I gone, but I get out of jail, but you will never get out. You can't fool me with five and ten dollars. Can you help me in this situation? The thousand was given to have your brother killed. What is that you just said? The thousand was given to have your brother killed? Yes. I guess that suspicion is correct. Yeah, that would seem to indicate that Joe was in love with Eleanor, all right, and that he wanted her badly enough to hire someone to lure Pete into the woods and kill him. Who was the man? Dana? Uh, that remains to be seen. Go on, baby, finish the letter. Okay. Think that you are hanging on my neck. The head that you wear is mine. When I get my head, you will have no head. You should know that you did it all, for you didn't let Eliana to help me, and I will treat you as you treated me. Now then, send me $50 or send me the mortgage on my store, so I will put it somewhere else to get $200 to buy. George Venus. Is that all? Yeah. Well, I think there's enough in those letters to justify our bringing them in. I want you to get a warrant for Venus arrest, please. Oh, what's your Arson for the time being. That same night, 
Sheriff McCullough and Deputy Daly traveled 200 miles to Morton and bring back George Venus on the arson charge. The next morning, in McCullough's office. Now, Venus, let's hear how you started that fire in the basement Saturday morning. I didn't start that fire. I was in Morton there. Ask anybody there. And I suppose you didn't write this threatening letter to Mrs. Prokop either. Not me. Not Judge Venus. I wouldn't do that thing. Mrs. Prokop and Joe were my friends. I had respect for them. And you insist you were in Martin on the morning of the fall. I was in Martin. All right, boys. Lock him up. Yes, sir. Come on, you. Sheriff McCullough. Oh, hello, Mike. Come on in. Oh. What's on your mind, Mike? That was George Venus they just took out of here, wasn't it? I heard the arrest of him. That's right. Did he admit he did it? No. He said he was in Martin on the killing took place. Well, if Venus said that, he lied. He wasn't in Martin last Friday night. He was here in the bakery. In the bakery? Can you prove that night? Yeah. I was cleaning up when one of the neighbors came in. He wanted some bread, but he Liana, and Venus was arguing about something in the corner and didn't pay no attention to her. Finally, she had to end up and asked Liana to get it for her. Would the neighbor be willing to identify Venus? Sure. When I talked to her about the argument later, she said he was very angry about something, and I told him to tell Mrs. Brokup, better be careful. You know what happened to Pete? The same may happen to you. Later that day, the neighbor identifies the next. He still clings to the story of being in Morton at the time of the fire, and Sheriff McCullough and Company of Haley goes back there to check on it. In Morton, they can find no one to corroborate Venus' story, but they do receive some valuable information from a human acquaintance of his. Information which they turn to get account when on returning to others, they again confront their prisoner. Just what made you think you could make that little bluff of yours work, Venus? What do you mean? You know what I mean. Trying to make us believe you were in Martin on the night uh, Eliana and Joe were murdered. But I tell you, I was there. I, I, I tell you. Venus, we know better. Moreover, we ran across a friend of yours that you've been talking to the Sealy Jew. Who? Never mind who. When you were hard up for cash, you told this friend you knew a Mrs. Prokop in Everett would be glad to give you money. Isn't that right? Mrs. Prokop was my friend, and Joe, too. Oh, your friend, eh? Then why did you say to this person, if I told what I knew about Eliana, she'd never have any money? Who says I said that? Isn't it true that Mrs. Prokop once asked you to lure her husband out into the country on the pretext of firing raisins and then kill him? She's not a scary lie. You might as well come clean, Venus. She and Joe are going to give you $3,000 for the job, aren't they? All right. I'll tell you about it. That's better. Well, Eliana, she says to me, George, it's got to be done. She says she's going to do it herself in the house. Only she's afraid it's going to scare his finger. I see. So you got him out there on Muckleshoe Road and pump five bullets into him. Really? No. No. I lose my nerve. I couldn't do it. Then after you killed Pete and collected your money, you thought you could go on bleeding Mrs. Prokop for everything she had. That joke. He made me mad. He took Eliana. Yeah. You were jealous, too. When Eliana threw you over for Joe and you found out she couldn't get any more money out of him, you thought you'd get even. So you battered in their heads while they were sleeping, and then set fire to the house thinking you'd cover up your crime. They were not sleeping. They were. I mean, I don't know anything about it. That's all we wanted to know, Venus. Come on, Bailey. What this case needs is a first-class murder complaint. In just a moment, Chief of Police Bailey will conclude our program. Rio Grande Crack is known as the gasoline of police car performance. And wherever you buy Rio Grande Crack gasoline, you can buy real league motor oil. 
refined from the highest price mid-continent crude oil, which be waxed, be jellied, super refined, and made available to you at all Rio Grande stations in Santa Cruz Town. Get fully star performance with Rio Grande Clutch gasoline and Rio Lube motor oil at your independent Rio Grande dealer tomorrow. And now, be serious. And George Venus has brought the style before Judd and Charles C. Austin. He found guilty of the murder of Pete, Elmer and Joe, and sent to send the remainder of his life in prison to Walla Walla. That ends the story of another crime that did not take. Thank you.